You're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. We love stories where someone no one expected to succeed is thrust into a moment of glory. What we don't love is when someone we expected to succeed doesn't. When someone falls in a blaze of glory, we we don't want to identify with those stories. We don't want to identify with those people. We don't want to connect ourselves to those people. We almost never take credit for them. We, We loathe stories where Someone everyone expected to succeed is thrust into a moment of shame. We, we love being surprised by success, but hate being surprised by failure. But I'd like to propose to you today, and hopefully it'll be a theme throughout this series, that just as no one ever succeeds alone, no one ever fails alone. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling Between Two Rivers. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast Hey, where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we are discussing uh, week number one from the sermon series, The Rise After the Fall. Again, my name is Pastor Keith, and joining me today, obviously... Hello, it's me, Pastor Dallas. Hello, Pastor Dallas. You remember Robin Leach? Hello, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yes, yes. yes that's good. Do you? Do you, Megan? I mean, I... <laughs> No. <laughs> We're going to go on to a yacht today and yeah. see how no, the sorry. famous it's live. It's the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Rich and famous. No, sorry. I'm the worst at pop culture. I just am. Like, you know, they make the board games and stuff where you can play. And what's your knowledge and your trivia of yeah. pop culture? I'm like, nope, going to lose this. Don't even say So in Trivial Pursuit, what is, your, what is your go-to thing? When you get to pick, I mean, I know a lot about like literature and yeah. stuff like that. So we could we could talk about that for a while. Yep. I'm an English major, so that's oh, what I study. Yeah, mm-hmm. like an English major, like that's what you that's what it says on the on the piece of paper. Yes, yes, four year degree. What did you aspire to do with that? Um, I always wanted. This is something actually I was going to talk about today anyway. So <laughs> hey, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> like, um, of, of all the gin joints. Yeah, huh? <laughs> of all the places this conversation could go. Thanks. You're using up my material. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I really wanted to get into like book publishing my whole life. I was like, I want to be a writer. I want to write novels or, um, I don't know. I just had this, this big idea of like what that was going to look like for me. And so, um, I pursued that for a while. So we'll talk about that later. Oh, you, you pursued it for a while until you've stopped writing novels. Well, I never wrote a novel. Why not? Mm, good question. I don't think I felt qualified. I felt like mm. I felt like um, that novels come out of experience. So do they? Mm, this or do they was, come out of creativity? This was naive, Megan. Sure. So my understanding was I want to write something, but I want it to come from this like place within me, right? And so I was cert. This is pre-Jesus, really. I was searching for uh, experience that would give me this like I don't know, ba-ba-da-da. like yeah. I got it. I went had I went through this experience, and now look what I learned, and now I can write about it. Um, I so, don't feel that so, way. So so you you were looking to write a biography. Maybe, but like, like, but like a fictional, but like a bio- fictional yeah. biography. <laughs> yeah, and, there you and, go. <laughs> you know, there, when I think of like some, the, the author that comes to mind is like Stephen King, like one of mm. the most renowned horror authors. Yeah, um, I would imagine that he didn't live through any of those things. Probably not. No, you're right. So he comes from a place that's a lot more like creative, right? right. And so, are you a creative? Or are you more experiential? I'm definitely experiential, but yeah. Um, but I also loved magazines, and so that was another yeah. thing. I was like, I just want to be in print. And my mom's like. It's dying. <laughs> My favorite trivial pursuit is sports and pop culture. <laughs> to go back to the original question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Since I, we're actually, all asking. I actually quite excel at those topics too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we went on a little detour. So Well, I, I, I like the detour. I like I like well because what, what kind of sport like all sports or like tennis? Yes. I, I well actually oh. something really particular. <laughs> In Trivial Pursuit, if I get sports, I'm hoping they're going to talk about basketball and football. Okay. If they talk about hockey, I'm like, hopefully the answer is Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> it's your answer every time. Depends, <laughs> depends on when the board game was printed. Yeah. Exactly. So. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good reference there. Yeah. yeah. What's his other quote is like, you, uh, it's, um, it's not where the puck's at. It's where the puck's going. Ooh. I, <laughs> that's two-way Gretzky yeah. quotes wow. for you. I'll write down and be inspired by. 
Sheesh. <laughs> Hope you're getting something from this podcast. Yeah. This <laughs> um, but I don't want to like, uh, because Megan, you said something that was really, um, that I think resonates with a lot of uh, the human population is that I didn't feel like I was qualified. I was yeah. waiting for this. Gong, gong. Yeah. Go write a novel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that doesn't usually happen in life with anything. No. Yeah. You know, even when the Holy Spirit talks to me, mm-hmm. um, boy, if I don't have faith in God, uh, I could absolutely be like, nope, that's just kooky idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away from that one. Yeah. And I think the, the illusion or delusion that we are sitting in a chair that wasn't, that doesn't have our name on it. Yeah. Resonates with more people than, than, than really that we think it does. Yes. We're it's, it's, I am a classic imposter syndrome. You know, like if, if y'all like, I'm still like in this, in this role as a pastor, like I, it was a definite, I didn't walk into it. Like I didn't say, give me that title. Right. Because once you bear a title like that, you know, if, if only they knew the stuff that goes on in my head sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not qualified for that. Right. But everything I've done in my life has qualified me for this. You know, how many times have you read the Bible? You know, and so I answer, go, well, I think I'm in the thirties now. And then in my head, I'm like, that's not a lot. But then I'm like, but that book is huge. You know, <laughs> I've, am I, am I, am I capable to teach it? I, some days maybe. Yeah. For the most part, no. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that what you said there that I think that that resonates with a lot of people and that that's a a delusion that should be um explored and destroyed. Yeah. Because Definitely. If you're in a particular circumstance, odds are you're there for a very specific and dominant reason. Yes. You know, good and bad. Yeah. I think you have to ask yourself, where am I right now? What is my position? Where am I aligned? And then whose voice am I listening to that's telling me I'm not qualified? And like Pastor Sean says in this message, is that a secondhand accusation? Mm. Where is that accusation coming from? Mm -hmm. Really? Um, Who is speaking that over you right now? Um, That doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter what if that's looking like being a stay at home mom or whatever, right? Like what is your position? How are you aligned? And then whose voice are you listening, telling you whether or not you're qualified? Yeah. My, my, I say this a lot. It's like, it's a catchphrase. My, my, my brain's a very dangerous place to hang out by myself for too long. Mm -hmm. You know, just very dangerous spot. And I think, I think a lot of people get stuck in a very dangerous spot to get stuck and they didn't bring anyone with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Success and failure, they're so closely related. They're separated by such a thin line. They're often separated by just a few decisions one way or the other. And the bigger the success or the bigger the failure, the harder it is for the man in the street to relate to it. But can I tell you, you and I are closer to either than we think. We are closer to either than most of us want to own or even admit. What's really sad to me is that we've seen lots of people rise and we've seen lots of people fall. But it's not very often that we see someone rise after the fall. Maybe it's because just as fast as some people jump on the bandwagon of someone's success, those same people jump off that person's bandwagon even faster when that person experiences a failure or a fall from grace. And we're so definitive in our expulsion or our excommunication of people who have fallen or failed. But like I said in the promo of this series, my pastor Fulton Buntain, he used to say that failure is never final. Your fall doesn't have to be fatal. I'd actually like to make a case that those of us who've had a failure or who've had a fall but had the fortitude to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, own our mistakes, admit our failures, and embrace the fall, come back stronger than those who hadn't. They, we come back stronger than we did before. It's interesting what he said about, about that. I, my mindset that came to my mind first was the way that we react to success and failure. It's very similar and it's almost the same all the time. Uh, when success happens, we, we understand how to respond. In fact, when people don't respond the way we think they're supposed to, we go, hey, what, what are you, are you not happy for him? Are you not, yeah. you know, 
why aren't you happy? You yeah. see, you know what? And we have that, you know, we have that reaction of like, why didn't you respond that way? Same with failure. I think for a lot of us, the reason that we don't want to explore our failures is because there's an there's a continual response that's not fun. And so again, when people go against it, they go, "Why are you? Wait, wait, wait are you okay? You're okay with that?" You're, and and I think the reality is is that failure isn't final. And I think that's the biggest thing as I think as as believers, as pastors, as leaders that we need to remind people of is you will fail and it's and then and there's going to be consequences to your failure. But does it mean you're over? Does it mean you're quote unquote canceled that our culture is kind of hitting yeah. right now? Uh, and that is a huge response is 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 now we're we're in this we're in this kind of this this culture of of cancellation of can I find something that you failed in that I can bring to light and remove you from uh, society? Yeah. And so I think that's what's interesting is, is I think I understand the power of vulnerability and the power of transparency, but you have to get past the overlying response that you may get or you may think you'll get with other believers. And I also twofold with that is as believers, we have to also be prepared to change the way that we respond to failure. And I understand certain aspects and levels and things like that, but I still think even despite the worst things that may happen, we are still called to forgive. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I love that you talk about cancel culture because I think that's so strong. That's such a hot, that's such a hot topic right now. Um, who are we canceling? Yeah. And like, we're, we're seeking into, we're looking into people's past, like digging through it. Like it's a library catalog to figure out what did they ever do that could disqualify them from what life yes. in general. Yeah. And what's funny is Jesus came to call the disqualified, right? Correct. I mean, he called all of us sitting here. I think we all would feel like I'm disqualified for the, if you, like he said, if you knew what was in my head, man. Yep. Right. And so, um, the, it, this is so spiritual. And so, because uh, when he kind of started talking, I was like, hmm, where is this going to go? How's going to tie in the Bible? Like yeah. I'm waiting for the Moses story to like come in. But like, yeah. think about this is so spiritual. And um, as Jesus people, we are called to respond so much differently to people's failures yes. versus what we've been conditioned to respond to. And so, yeah, yeah we've got to rewrite some scripts here. And that's really yeah. challenging. If you've taken Journey to Wholeness, you know, um, a little bit about like scripts that run through and and how you're supposed to respond to stuff and how you should think and how you should act in social media yeah. definitely drives those points home for us. So, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going past that because it is when you have that when you have that condition of that thinking of like this person is bad and we need to talk about it. We need to the, I get, you know, certain aspects, but when you have that mentality, then there's going to come a day where it's like but but even though they did that bad thing, if God can come in and change them and restore them, you know, can't they get a second chance? Mm. And that's the thing too, is we can easily say yes or no to certain people or certain things, you know, but at the same time, it's like, but I would want someone to say that about me. Yeah. And right? you know, what's funny is the world right now, like the, the theme is just accept everyone, mm -hmm. just love everyone. Right. And yet, are we practicing what even they're preaching? Yeah, right. 100%. Are you, are you in a place of, um, I can, I can forgive you or I can hear you or talk to you or listen to you, even though I know what you've done or who you are. Like, can, can you bring yourself to that level? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. The cancel culture thing, the, like, why, why do you think that, why do you think that all of a sudden that became I mean, I, I know in, it's in, convenient in the in the scheme of things, like what sparked that fire, yeah, like like the Me Too movement and stuff yeah. like that, which are gigantic movements. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like this is this is hundreds of years of 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 women being mistreated, yeah, not only in the workforce but just in yeah. society, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, mm -hmm. and now it's all just coming, you know. Like what we were talking pre-show about, it wasn't just slowly dripped. Now they're getting a full injection of mm -hmm. of comeback. Yeah, and so the movement is gigantic. But then, all, it, then it turned into a lot of other things. A lot of yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of. I think tearing people, tearing tearing people down for the sake of tearing people down in some yeah. regards. Yeah, like some of the things. Like I, I I'm not, a, I'm not big in the. Right, I don't, I don't watch the news on a regular basis, uh, other than for like the weather. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a social media guy. I, it, Megan said that she 
showed some, uh, shared something on Instagram for me this, and I was like, <laughs> all right, if that, if you were expecting me to find it on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see it in a month, maybe. About a month or two. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, and, and maybe I'm an old soul like that, but I just, I, I don't find, uh, I don't find satisfaction. I don't find fulfillment in social media. I'll go on social media. I try to once in the morning for about 20 seconds um, to check birthdays because I definitely, I dislike missing my friend's birthdays. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I quickly, and if it's, uh, if I hear someone's has their birthday, um, Shelby had one yes. uh, just, just last month. And I, I didn't have, I like it, it didn't, but I put it in my phone then. Mm-hmm. So next year yeah. Yeah. it would, it would, and I set a reminder like the day before, Hey, remember yeah. it's your friend's birthday, Yeah, you know? Um, so I'll do that for that. But, um, I, I don't know, like wh- when I think of like this, this canceling culture, this, um, and, and again, in a lot of regards, some of these people are, are scumbags. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, yes. They have done some heinous things and it yeah. should be brought to light. And hopefully in that being brought to light, uh, there is redemption. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I, I wonder if, if, if us as a people like it so much because it validates our poor behavior. Mm. You know, yeah. like a- 100%. Well, I ain't as bad as that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. why let's tear this guy down. Boo yeah. this man. Yeah. Because if we boo this man, mm-hmm. then it green lights me for just doing all these subtle, small, bad things. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I wonder if there's, if there's anything to that. And as a, as an outsider, as a thinker, as a, um, when someone talks to me, I usually like to process and think yeah. and then add to a conversation, not dissect a conversation or tear apart a conversation, but add to it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's anything there. For that, yeah, it's it's interesting too because I think going back to restoration is we we I you know we have these people and I think there is a response right now of, um you know someone when someone is restored and they did went through the proper channels of restoration, I think right now the mindset is more why than good for him or good for her, oh good for her I'm glad okay I'm glad that she's or I'm glad he's gone past that it's going wait why wait wait why why is that and and that's what's I think why it's so important as Jesus people that we don't overlook or, or actually don't welcome restoration for not just our friends and our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also for ourselves. Yeah. You know, Uh, think about strip it back. What is the enemy trying to do? The enemy is trying to kill, to steal and destroy. And what better way to do that than by just simply attacking God's image bearers, AKA us, right? And so if he can pull us away from each other and make us point fingers and be angry, like have this just like anger. And I think you're like, why is cancel? Why is that such a thing right now? I think there's so much anger in our society right now. I really do. I think people are just like really angry and they're not even sure why. And I don't think that that's like, them. I don't think that that's you. I think that's the enemy who's just placed that as like a a cloud. And it reminds me of the Jews shouting for Barabbas, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. Like they're so angry against Jesus. They're so angry that they will justify someone who, what did Barabbas, he was like just a horrible guy, right? Like killing people. I don't even know. They're like, we'll take him. We'll take that guy. Right. And I feel like that's kind of part of our cancel cult. Like we're still... Man, we think we're not like those people, but we're just like those people. Yes. Yeah, it's it's been a long time, but we we as a as a uh, society mentally and spiritually haven't evolved too much. We have evolved technically, mm-hmm. like in, in technology, uh, but we the stories are super relevant in the Bible because they they uh, they're how we act today. Yeah, mm-hmm. we like to think that because they're a couple couple thousand years ago mm-hmm. that. Oh my gosh, they were in ancient times. None of that stuff matters. You start reading these stories, you're like, well, we people today have that same reaction. Mm-hmm. I, I have that same reaction exactly to some what things. We do. Yeah. This is, there's we so I can just imagine God like up there just like, uh Here on. we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it end times? I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that some people really believe that this is end times, but the when I read the Bible and I look at today, this, what's going on today with things, it doesn't seem like much has changed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, is it end times? I don't know. It's feels like the, this, these circumstances, uh, have been the same all along. They're just, they were just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. There were just, there were just different names on them, yeah. but they were the same thing. They were just synonyms. Yeah. Nothing yeah. new under the sun. Yeah. 
People have a problem with people who fail. I was one of them. I lost all my friendships, all my relationships, except for two, Pastor Barry, who's here, and my friend Alan Griffin, who you've met many times. It was, I was left with two people in my life. And uh, I came to this realization that people just don't want to talk about failure. And I thought, why? So let's do a whole series about it. And Sonny goes, kind of running a risk where you're going to have like seven weeks of messages from people who failed, like had affairs and stole money and one of them murdered someone like that. Really? You're going to do that? That's risky. I go, I, why? Why is that risky? Everybody in here has failed. Every one of you has been a mess up. You've been a royal screw up most of your life. You don't want to admit it. You don't want people to know it. And so I said, who better than to bring a bunch of screw up pastors who have fixed the problem and have come back? I mean, it's better than having their state farm agent come and talk to them from the stage. This is a guy who he's used to standing in front of people. And so we're gonna have like seven weeks of people who are total screw ups. And you know what? Some of you are gonna get pissed off about it. And that's okay. And those of you who haven't read this book because there's nobody in this book outside of Jesus who you'd want your daughter to marry. I'm just telling you, they're all mess ups. Everybody, everybody in this book has done something stupid. They've murdered someone or stolen something or lied or sold their wife into prostitution. What, Abraham, are you kidding me? She's your, it's your wife. She's your, oh yeah, you can have her. There's just a bunch of losers in this book is all I'm saying. And so all of their stories are this. They were total screw ups who God got a hold of and then the second half of their life is this rise out of obscurity. I love Pastor's delivery in this. He is so just like everyone in this book. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I had this thought. I thought to myself, if we're uncomfortable with people in their failure, how could we ever be worthy of even being close to them when they're at their success or their peak, right? Um, and I texted that to Pastor Sunny because uh, she wasn't here. And she was like, you know, dang, that's, that's right. And so that was my big takeaway, I think, from the message overall, because everybody fails. I mean, literally, we've all failed. And if you're kind of like, well, <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, God says when you're born, you're born a sinner. So right there, let's just level the playing field. Okay. So we're all born sinners and less than um, if we want to start there. But I think we have to be careful because... Um, Right now we sort of have this, uh, this spirit of like, I am better than you because I this, or mm -hmm. I don't understand what you believe. So I don't even really want to be in your space. I refuse to come into church. Cause like, I don't really, I don't understand why you believe or why would you ever say that this is in the Bible? Why would you ever say that? And so yeah. that's super dangerous. And um, as Jesus followers, I think we need to be careful about picking up some of those kind of worldly worldly mentalities of like, well, I don't understand you. And so I can't be by you because a Jesus mentality says like, yeah, you know, you're different, but you're welcome in my space. Yeah. And not that I'm like going to go down and like do the sinner things with you, but like you are welcome to come up into my space. Pastor Barry said that to me a couple weeks ago and that, that totally just it, it flicked on a light switch for me yeah. in my mind of like, yeah, you can, you can come on up here and like walk with me and I'm going to show you something. And so, um, that's why the series will make people a little angry. Like he said, because I wonder if people are uncomfortable with failure. If you're like, that makes mm -hmm. me kind of have these like icky crawlies because I don't, yeah. I don't really get it. I don't get the place that you're in. And Maybe that's because you haven't fallen yet or because you fell a while ago and now you're doing pretty good and you forgot about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> let um, me just end. <laughs> sorry, end, um, I'm ending, guys. Now, no. Um, so it, it's 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 it. Well, you know, Keith brought it up earlier that you know sometimes we do go. Well, you know, I'm not, at least I'm not that bad. Uh, and it's interesting too because I think the biggest thing we we need to not do going into this series is think that we are glorifying the sin. Like, no, no, yeah. we're going to talk about it, and every speaker and pastor is going to address you know, the thing that they fell from, but we're not glorifying it. Yeah. We're glorifying what God did through it. 
And that's what we have to remind ourselves too, that, you know what, there's things that you've done that's, that you go, man, that's, I mean, and that's the thing is people, I've met people who go, man, if I ever stepped into church, I feel like the church would burn down because I've done some messed up stuff. And we, we sometimes will even internally not glorify the, the, the mess up, but make it such a huge thing that we feel like we can never be restored from it. And that's what these guys are going to tell you is God, even though I did this super messed up thing, God restored me from that. Yeah. He redeemed me from that. And he's, and he's helped me to walk past that. Yeah. You know, that was a thing I had to remind myself of, of all my mess ups is yes, they're pretty messed up, but God has restored me through that. And he's continuing to help me through that and to help others because of it. Yeah. If, if the, the quote, I've done some stuff, man, like, oh, this building should burn down because <laughs> yep. I'm in here now. Yeah. Poof, pew's going to start on fire. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, like It's not beyond God. <laughs> like, well, well, maybe. Like, uh, what comes to mind is, 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 is my journey to today. Yeah. Every, all those 24 hours that I've lived that brought me to this day where I'm sitting in this chair, that's kind of uncomfortable. Kind of all right. When I'm rocking back and forth and I'm listening and I'm on a microphone and uh, I'll see the, I'll see the number on the people that listen to this. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a listener follower. Like I like to look at those numbers. I'll see the, the two, 300 people that will download this episode and how that's, that's a significant task. And that's a significant role that God has put me in yeah. to be in the ears of two to 300 people every week. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I, unlike some of the, like, like Megan, she, she brings notes sometimes. I, I don't. So I, I really, I, I rely a lot on the Holy Spirit that I'm not going to sound like an idiot or the Holy Spirit, like he's going to give me something to, to say. And so I think of that long journey of um, a nobody, a nothing to, to an ultimate responsibility. And I, God took me to school some two decades ago, Mm -hmm. you don't, and I've said this on this show before, you know, you don't want a person doing brain surgery that didn't go and study brain surgery for years. And then after they read it by the book, they went to a clinical and was just a doctor for years. And then once they became a good doctor for years, then they got into surgery, became a surgical doctor. And when they became a surgical doctor and they they specialized in an area of the brain. So when brain surgery happens, this person has been to school. This person has lived experiences, has read some books, has, has been mentored and shadowed. And ultimately they're, they're brought to this ultimate task on this day, which is saving someone's life. Mm-hmm. I look at, I look at my relationship and how, how can I fit into that story that, yeah, I've done some stuff. Um, a lot of you listeners listening know a fraction of the stuff. I think if everyone pulled together their information of me that are around me, they might, they might have, they might have 90% of the story because the, some of the stuff I, I don't need to say because I'm, it's not a shock and awe thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a look how bad I did thing. Yeah. Cause it, sh- it shows no relevance to the story. So it's not worth talking about. But I, I remember in the heat of it, like, I remember the heat of it, asking God why, you know, like I had just gotten out in the heat of my salvation. Why? And the thought came to me that I can now call it was the Holy Spirit. But in that time, it was a thought came to me. Mm-hmm. Thought came to me that said, don't, don't, don't make everything that just happened for nothing. Yeah. I just took you to school. Now go and tell people about it. Yeah. Go and go and perform surgery. Mm-hmm. I live, I live by that model a lot. If everything you've ever done was for nothing, then yeah, mm. you can say, I'll sit down in this building might burn. Mm-hmm. Cause even if it physically doesn't, you might as well burn it down. Cause you're being, mm-hmm. you're being wasteful mm-hmm. of the, of the schooling that God has given you. But what if you, what if you weren't useless with it? What if you, what if you, what if you went back out there and said, I, I, I've done those things, Yeah. but God. Yeah. And that's the, that's the key right there. That's the key is, is 
we've heard it. I, you know, going back to the billing thing, but it's interesting because they'll say I've done bad stuff. And they're like, well, what? I just a lot of bad things. And that's what you have to get to. You have to get to a point where you go, you know what? This is what I'm struggling with. And this is what I need to hand over to God and let God, uh, you know, do what he needs to do in my life and be honest and open about it. You know, me and Keith, probably you making it for people go, man, I wish I could, I could be like that. You can, you just have yeah. to be open and honest about it, about I have failed. Yeah. I've had failures. I've had mess ups, but God has taken me from where I am to where I am now. And I thank him and I give him glory because of that. And so that's like, that's where people need to get to the point where they can't, they don't, don't just focus on I've done bad things. Go, I have done bad things, but God can do what he needs to with those bad things. You said it, you know, with, and throughout the Bible, I mean, David, a man after God's own heart, that's a great reputation to have. But we get to we get to read about his failures. We get to read about him, you know, um, snooping on, you know, uh, uh, Bathsheba, and and then wanting her to come over, and then and then you know getting her pregnant, like, and then going, oh, oh uh, um, you know, let's, uh, it's not my kid, it's it's the father's, but let's not find out. So you know what, um, put him in the front of the lines, get him killed. So I mean, this is a man after God's own heart who was an adulterer, a murderer, a liar, and it's like. And we get to see all that stuff, but what made him a man after God's own heart is that God knew that as soon as he was confronted on his sin, we get to, we get to see him write about him giving God his sin and that, that redemption process happening. If, that's what made him a, from a, you know, man after God's own heart is because he gave it to God. If, if, if the things you've done are, are as bad as you say they are, and you do nothing with them, then, then that's a waste. Mm -hmm. Then, then yes, you deserve the reputation that you say for yourself. Yeah. You deserve it and live in it. Have it, have it encompass you and tear you apart. But there is another choice. If you take everything you've done, all these terrible things that you insist, that you insist that like, again, you, yeah. Not me, not society, not mm -hmm. God, that yeah. you insist are so bad. And you wrap that up and say, God, how can I, what, what can I do with this? Whoa. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. With this? Mm -hmm. How can I advance your kingdom with this? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Then, then the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. wonder what would happen if you would stand your ground and face your mistakes rather than running. Some of you are on the precipice. You are in the midst of a mistake. You are in, on the precipice of a fall, and yet you are running. I guarantee you, because the book says it, you're going to get caught. It says, be sure your sin will find you out. She'll find that website. He'll find that money you spent. They'll find it on your cell phone. Your boss is going to Find out, be sure that your sin will find you out. What would happen if rather than running, you would stand your ground and own your mistakes? Being a Christian is pretty close. It's, re it's essentially when you're a Christian, you're going to have to make hard choices. Yeah. One of those hard choices is to stand your ground, to stand up, not just your ground, but his ground. And... Um, that's, that's hard. And every day you're going to have to make hard decisions. And um, I, I like where pastor's going with this because I think it's the easy thing is to back away and say, nope, not going to, not going to handle this or do that. I'm not going to make the choice to like reach out to that friend, um, or, you know, or to understand them. But but sometimes we have to do that. And so those hard choices, um, those define us. And it's not just for this life, right? We know that we're stocking our reward. And so um, I think staying focused on that is mm -hmm. sometimes important. Yeah. When I first started reading the Bible, there were scriptures that I did not like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yep. Like there were scriptures I read and I go, oh, I don't like that Bible. I don't like that verse. I don't, I don't like that. And, and I would skip it and I would, and, and one of them was your, you know, uh, your sin will find you out. 
you know, and, 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 or, or, um, your sin will be, uh, yelled from a rooftop. And I was like, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want that to happen. And then it did happen. I, it, my sin did find me out. It was, mm. I was in the position where, uh, where my secret sin was revealed through another person and I, and it, it embarrassed me and, and I hated it, but going through it, I'm thankful it happened. Because if it didn't find me out, I was still, I was still would have been in it. And, and that's, and, and even pastor, mm. you know, he gave examples. She's going to find that website. She's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to see, you know, the bank statement, you know, there, and the, those things where we're hoping it doesn't happen. It actually would be the best either whether we reveal it, you know, or honestly, if it gets revealed by someone else, even though it's going to be embarrassing, it sucks. It's probably the best thing for you to move forward and not live in that secret sin anymore. So do you wait to be found out? I wouldn't because you don't get the embarrassment. For, I mean, you, you feel like you're going to be embarrassed if you, if you say it out loud, but I could tell you there's, if you want freedom now, reveal it now. Yeah. Like if you want freedom from it, if you don't want to be in depression about it, if you don't want to be in guilt about it anymore, reveal it now. Whether you're, you're not saying, I'm not saying go outside and go like, I have a pornography problem. Like find another believer and go, Hey, I need help. I am struggling with this. And when you, and that's where, you know, another scripture I used to not like, but I, I do love and I understand now is in the book of James where it says, confess your sins to each other and, and there will be healing. And I understand that when you confess, you're you're revealing. So I can I tell you, having it uh, shouted from the rooftop, even though there is some restoration from that, it it's not as it's that sometimes will take longer than God wanted it to, in my opinion. When then you just confess it or you reveal it to to another believer to help you through that. Yeah, uh, I think this is a good point in the confessional uh, statement to to say. Your confessions for yourself. Yes. It's, uh, it's, 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 if, if it, if it's going to hurt somebody, like don't share it to them. Yeah. Right. So when I, I went through a series of confessions when, when I became a, uh, saved almost uh, about two decades ago and the, how it was, uh, explained to me is go and say your sorries, go make amends to all the things you've done wrong, except if doing that would injure someone else. So you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, if by confessing this sin to this person, it is actually going to tear that person down, then you're selfishly trying to get it off your back. Yeah. So hmm. do, do I need to make amends to this person particularly, or do I just need to make amends to the situation and with the act of confessing it to another person? Yeah. Am I, am I getting the result. And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Be very, very careful. If you are going to take a, the approach of confessing your sins, making amends to people, mm -hmm. um, that we don't, we don't try and get healed. We don't try and heal. Like we don't try and heal our, our, our hearts and our souls at the, at the, at the, uh, the, at the cost of other people. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um, I've, I've discipled men and they're like, well, I did, I did this to my wife. She doesn't know about it, but it's eaten me up alive. I said, well, if she, if she found out about that, that would eat her up alive. So confess it to me, confess it, heck, maybe even to somebody else too, and then confess it to God. Ask him to remove it from you. Ask for forgiveness from it. And if it's still tearing you apart in two weeks, we'll come up with another plan. And we never have to come up with other plans because his confession wasn't necessarily to, he wasn't asking for his like forgiveness from his wife. Yeah. He was at, he was, he was asking for forgiveness from God Got yeah. it. and it didn't involve tearing another human being, human being apart. Yeah. Right. So there's a very, there's a fine line there that we need to, we need to be very cautious with, except when to do so would injure somebody else, you know, injuring other people as Christians, do we go out intentionally to injure other people? Do, do I go to a grocery store and someone wrongs me to punch them? No, that's ridiculous. I lead with love. Yeah. So we got to be very careful with our tongue too, because our mm. our that, that's the strongest weapon you have on you. We need to be very cautious about burning bridges that otherwise people had no idea the bridge was all screwed with to begin with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're injuring somebody else in your confession, it's that's not the person you need to confess to. 
And in this scenario, I just want to make sure because I would hate the listener. It, but you do feel that eventually, then the wife needs to know. It, that's a case by case. Okay. You're, you you maybe you've already come to an assumption of what you think it was about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I because I and I'm not I don't want to debate or anything like that. But I do think Let's I get do what it. I get because I, <laughs> yeah. I think the the mindset is. You needed to bring it to a person who one is not going to be like the response is going to be like what the heck you know mm-hmm. because that it's that's why it's be very cautious because you do want to go with a believer you know that's why when when I talk about having an addiction to pornography I have people who come to me because they know well you've gone through it so can you help me through this sure but I've also heard the other side where it's like I went to my wife first about my di- addiction and she didn't take it well. And so I, so I go, yeah, that makes, would make sense going to her because she was probably embarrassed. She doesn't understand. And so that restoration through that, um, with an affair, you know, will your wife take it, uh, well at first, probably not, but I do think it needs to be addressed, but also addressed the, the fact that, you know what I am, this did happen and I'm deeply sorry for it. Um, but I am, I am, I'm, I gave this to God and I'm taking the steps towards that. Because then there that communication's in there too. I think, you know, she does need to know the per, like. I'm taking the affair out of it, you know. Yeah, take the affair out of it. I will like, take the affair, but like let's say you you th- accidentally throw a rock at someone's car, they do need to know about it. They need to know about that. that but yeah, will yeah. it will it tear them to bits and pieces? Uh, I think if you have a solution. Yeah, if you make restitution. Or if you say, hey, you know what? Actually, hey, I'm really sorry for this, but this is what I'm doing. So the restitution portion is a large part in confession. Correct. And and that's, I think that and was all, my and, coming around And to all it. of these things yes. involve a restitution of sorts. Correct. Is is going, because there has to, you know, even in any all these scenarios, is you want to have that moment where, okay, I am restore, you know, I am in the process of restitution from that, but also dealing with the consequences of that too you know, of, I want to regain the trust in all these things and through that. So, yeah. Yeah. I only wanted to bring that because I, (laughs) I don't know in my head. I was like, I don't want people like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So uh, don't tell my wife. Cool. Like, I don't want, I'm not not saying that. We're not saying that we're definitely saying, but there should be certain steps I think to help you restore. And if you, if you, like you said, if you go in an order that I'm going to go to this person, oh, that's just, you know, let's take spouses out of the thing. I'm going to go to a non-believer about my problem. Will they help you in that restoration mm-hmm. as much as a believer would? Mm. You know, if anything, I know non-believers. I well, I've confessed to non-believers, and they're like, "Why did you tell anyone that?" I just, I want to keep it to yourself. Like that's a non-believer's response to certain right. things. Well, what's the big deal about that? You're not hurting anybody. I mean, you you didn't like actually like have sex with another person. So like, what's the big deal? You know, and so that's why it's very important that who you go to and say, hey, I need help with is someone who wants to restore you and 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 honestly bring you to where God wants you to go and where he wants you to be. So. Yeah, you unpacked that beautifully in, in <laughs> three <you>. minutes. <laughs> like, like, so the conversation would like, so I, I've, I've heard, I've heard confessions from, from many men. Yeah. Over the course of two decades. And if, if the conversation starts like that, a man unpacks it like that, like, well, this all makes sense now. Yeah. I do need to go right with, with God. I've admitted yeah. it to somebody. So it's out in the open. Yeah. Well, you know what? The restitution portions. Now I need to say to this person. Correct. You know, but I've already, we've already gotten to a solution on things. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've made amends with things. Yes. So we don't, the, what I emphasize on that is, and not every situation is the same. Correct. But if you go into it not wanting to destroy another human being, yeah, then all of a sudden pieces start getting falling into place. Yeah. Like how Pastor Dallas just said on how all those pieces fell into place when we started thinking, like yes. when we were cognitive about the, the thinking process of, oh, oh, you know what? Oh. Yes. And all of a sudden your sin and your shame have, have not only minimized, we've asked God to remove it, yes. but now we have actually action to make you a better human being. Yes. And the, yes, a lot of times that will involve ultimately going to the person once you're healed mm-hmm. to be like, th- this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like salvation and confession of sin are, have very similar things. You, you, it starts with a decision, but it has to go beyond that. You can confess, I, I sinned, 
but what are you going to do right. to to restore from that? Same with giving. I I I made the decision to give my life to Jesus. That's great. Now, what are you going to do to be discipled in that? And I think those are really important traits to remember that this is just step one. And so that's why it's so important. Again, I'm going to re- reiterate it: is finding that person who will get you from confessing to restoring. Mm. And, and and not saying that a person, because I don't want people to like, shoot, thanks a lot, Pastor Dallas. Now five people are coming and I have to fix. No, no, they're not going to fix. All they want to do is guide you in the right directions and be that accountability to help you not go back to where you were. You still need to give this to God too. You, But you just need someone who, you know, will just go like, hey, how's it going? How are things? You know, I, one of my best friends would, you know, would call me. Uh, he, he was from North Dakota and he'd go, hey, buddy, how you doing? Are you ha- you watch any porn today? And I go, no, I didn't. He goes, oh, all right, good. Good to hear. But he was bold enough to go, let's talk about what you struggling, or what you're struggling with. Are you struggling? And I'm thankful for that to help me through that process, you know, but, but again, these are things that you have to walk through, I think are really, really huge. Yeah. I think about the the topics I've heard in confession, uh, lying and cheating, stealing is for sure. Those are the top ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have me, you, you, you've, you've got me thinking like, well, what, what were some of the bad ones? Like bad ones? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, rest, like embezzlement. I've gotten that quite a bit. A lot of men confess that, uh, and that, that one was, that one's almost always immediately. Okay, cool. Um, you gotta go pay the money back. Yeah. I'm like what? I don't have that money. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how you make restitution for stealing. Yeah. You, you have to go and say, I, here, I take this. I, 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 I stole, yeah. and then, but I'm going to pay it back. Will some of it mean jail time? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Some men have mm-hmm. confessed things and have gone to jail, mm-hmm. right? That has happened in the history, in the history of, of, of humanity. Confession sometimes means being held accountable for your wrongdoings. And sometimes that's legally accountable for Mm -hmm. your wrongdoings. So don't think like, like too, with rest, with, with, with making a man's restitution, confessing your sins. If you're doing this the way that you probably should, it's Mm -hmm. being open and honest. Yeah. And yes, at some point you're going to have to take your medicine. Yeah. But you, you'll hear people who have, are going through the consequences and you ask them like, do, are, do you regret making a decision? And a lot of times they'll go, no, no I'm glad I did. Yeah, no. I'm glad because I did. it's out. It's, it's off my shoulders now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I've been, a weight that's been pressing down on yes. me is no longer pressing down on me. Who you confess it to, very important. Correct. So uh, again, like when he's like yesterday, don't, don't be, don't have the first person be the one that you're going to like, yeah. literally they're going to want to kill themselves once they hear this. Correct. Thing. You are not in the place for that. Yeah. Right. right. Your, your, your first step of this, of this letting your stuff come out is definitely not that mm-hmm. you build yourself up to that. We build in steps to this. Yeah. Right. But be, be, be careful. It does matter yeah. who you, who you confess these things to initially yeah. restitution Yes, you're in order to become truly debt free, restitution will almost always be involved in some form or fashion. Yeah. Totally. Right? And there's very few I can't think of any instances where eventually even the worst of the worst things I've heard haven't been disclosed to the proper people. Mm-hmm. Right? But that doesn't mean that's the proper person right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Right? People who've had a failure or a fall, but had the fortitude to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, own their mistakes, admit their failures, and embrace the fall, come back stronger than before. And I wonder if that's you. Like you're you're here, you're you're in the midst of it, you're you're going through the fire, you're you're wandering through the wilderness, and you're running, you're fighting, you don't want to own it. What, what would happen? Can I promise you that there's not a person in here who hasn't either fallen is falling or is about to fall. We're all in those categories. And what the enemy wants us to think is that this book says that we have to be perfect. Actually, this book says that none of us are perfect. Actually, the book, Jesus says, none of us are even good. So if you put yourself in that perspective and you say, not only do I not need to be perfect, I don't need to have this whole thing figured out that I am going from here to here. And in the midst of my problems, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my trials, and in my turmoil, if I would just own it, 
That's that's the biggest thing is 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 because you, people who you will come back stronger than you have before. You will come back stronger. And that's what like that's what people like think that they won't. They think they'll be weaker. I can tell you from a person whose sin has been outed and they and I restored through it, it made me stronger. It made my prayer time stronger. It made my worship stronger. It made reading the Bible stronger and and realizing and, and just like Pastor says, this book is is full of them, is full of people who who were weak and God made them stronger because they went to them. And I think that's the biggest thing you have to understand is, is, um, you know, <laughs> there's a phrase that I've heard a lot. It's become a meme because of Tiger King where this thing happened. He goes, I'm never going to uh, financially recover from this. <laughs> we think about that for our <laughs> spiritual lives as we go, I will never spiritually recover from this. And that's the lie the enemy wants you to believe is if I can, if I confess this, if I come open about this, about this struggle, about this reality, I will never recover from this. And you will not only will you recover from it, but you will recover stronger because of it, because yeah. now you are welcoming God to come in and do what he's been wanting to do, but he won't force himself on you to do. You're letting him come in and do what he has to do in your life. And it will make you stronger because you are going, God, I need you to do what you can do in my life. And so when you're welcoming the creator of the universe into your life, it, it can not do anything but make you stronger. Yeah, well, exactly. And so what kind of fall are you in right now? What position are you in right now? Failure that you're experiencing or that someone around you is experiencing, like pastor said, either you've fallen, you're about to fall or, uh, You've never fallen, but maybe you will. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so there's options there, right? But but where are you um, right now? And what kind of incredible rises have you had since? And like you said, Pastor Dallas, um, you're standing there, you're in the wilderness, you're running around, you're like, I'm not strong enough to stand. I'm not. And you're right. You are not, but yeah. God is. And yeah. he will uphold you. And that's the, that's the freeing part. So I, I couldn't understand that when I was, um, maybe in my fall or after I had fallen and I was living in this, like this space and I didn't, I didn't understand. I was like, what am I going to be set free from? I don't want to be set free from anything. Right. Cause yeah. like sometimes you're happy in your mess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you don't really want to get out because like, you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of comfortable here. I kind of like it. Like I, I ended up here for a reason, right? Um, I walked into it. And um, so, so I couldn't quite understand that. But the freeing part is the is the part where God comes in and you don't really have to like do anything. God does it and God moves and God brings you to positions. Um, he allows you to have conversations with people. He helps hold you accountable to some of that stuff. Right. So, um, that's the set free part. And so I think fall can look like a lot of different things, um, yeah. for a lot of different people. And, uh, like pastor Keith and pastor Dallas were talking about in the last section, I think, um, accountability is important. When you guys said that word, I go, oh, bingo, that speaks to women. Um, because we're all about accountability groups. And although women in conversation don't typically, we're more, we're more, uh, chatty and conversational, not necessarily problem solution. So you guys were talking, there's a problem. Let's fix it. Problem. Let's fix it. Uh, women don't always talk like that. So Let's let's unpack that a little bit. I think women do have to be conscious um, when we're talking with each other. Be like, "Whoa, sister, was did you just did you just say that you were texting that a guy like a guy that's not your husband? Like, maybe she was bringing that up in a conversation um, and waiting for you to catch it. That can, that can actually be a way that women talk sometimes. So, um, you know, be conscious of that and like not just the the conversation aspect of it. Mm. Yeah. So people speak mysteriously. I think women do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think guys do too. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that could be a conviction maybe for some women out there who need to mm -hmm. go, okay, I need to go to my, you know, whoever is the person that you know you need to go to yeah. and have that conversation and maybe be like, I don't just want you to tell me like that I'm, you know, I'll be okay and God's got me and there's a plan for me. Like, I need you to tell me. Um, I need to confess this to you and we need to talk about it and find a solution. And, um, so sometimes we have, to, that's a hard, that's hard. Yeah. 
yeah, it's subtle hints um, can be subtle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's uh, the, when sarcastic. I'm a sarcastic person, but I, I was told that in every in every element of sarcasm, there's little hints of truth in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I think people, especially if you're not used to doing stuff like that, in particular, you know, we speak in we speak in more riddles. We speak in more subtle hints, like. They know me good enough. They'll catch mm-hmm. me on this. You know, they'll 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 ask about this. Yeah. And I don't know if that's if that's uh, just on women. I think in in a lot of the experiences, I know in the in the closer relationships I have with guys, they're they're a lot more upfront, like you like yeah. you said, a lot more direct with it. Yeah. Let's get here. This is where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Bing bang and done. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people that that I I, I pastor that speak exactly like that. Mm-hmm. What would you mean by that? Yeah. You know, mm. what would you mean by that? Yeah. You know, if, if you're just having a subtle conversation, um, you might not pick up on it, right? But if you're in a position of caring for somebody, I hope that you pick up on that. And maybe it sounds like they're like the, the conversations you have with women, they're caring conversations. You care for these people, mm-hmm. you know? But even the people I don't, I don't really know anything of, right? The, they're just loose conversations, you know? There's subtle, there's always subtle subtlety to it that yeah so it's a it's a great point it's a great point that your circle the people that you have influence over um you know these people Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not gonna say hey uh hey 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 joe um this is what i do (laughs) yeah what do you think right you know sometimes it's gonna be more subtle Mm -hmm. yeah like that like yeah that's good It's it's a great point it's a great point. Well, that that pretty much. What, what, are we going to wrap the wrap wow. the show? I'm telling you, like I always think so there's, I always think there's another uh, clip. So I'm always kind of like, okay, wait for the next clip. And then when you do this, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's it. So yeah, um, I would. I want to. I just want to say one more thing before we wrap. Yeah. Now, now knowing that we're going to wrap is we're not negating how fearful and and uncomfortable and stressed you are to confess sins. We're not negating that. We understand that that is the thing, but that's why we need God to help us through this. And that's why God will convict us because he's like, you need to get this out. I know you're going to, you feel like you're going to be embarrassed and you may be embarrassed, but I'm telling you, it's better to have it out than in, you know, I mean, think about it on a medical term. Like we, sometimes people are afraid to go to the doctors because they're afraid to get bad news. So they'll keep an, an infection and, and, and things in where they're like, we need to get it out. It could have been yeah. healed. It, it could have been healed. We, the, we could have treated this a long time ago. That's what, there's some things that you uh, understand. You are not alone. That's the enemy will want to tell you that you've invented the worst sin in the world and no one can relate to you. I guarantee there are at least five people who can relate to you who can say, yeah, that's me. I, I also struggle with that. You are mm-hmm. not alone. You are not, you are, uh, you are not the worst. You are, have not championed this sin. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I think the enemy will love to tell us is like, well, yeah, yeah, I've done it, but you've done it like really, really bad. Like, no, no one gets first or second or third place prize in sin. Like we've mm-hmm. all sinned. We've all fallen short. And that's the reality of it is you've fallen short. Now give it to God. Let him restore you. Let p- bring people around you who will help you from where you are to where God wants you yeah. to be and, and move forward. Don't, you know, don't live in the doubts and fears. Just let right. it, let it out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. Pastor Dallas. Um, if, if you've never gone, if you've never, I think the, the highlight here is that the more people you have around you of in community that also share your same yes. beliefs, your, your same walk with Christ, um, the more of those people you have around you, the more yes. people you can unload these things to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my first confession was with one man mm-hmm. and I had pages of him. Uh, and since then, mm-hmm. um, I, I confess my sins regularly, but they're in small yeah. doses because I have so many guys around me. So I, I and I'm, I'm subtle, like Megan said, sometimes I subtly confess things to Dallas here. Yeah. That he has no idea I'm confessing things to. <laughs> like he has no idea. But, but for me, I have to, to get it out there Yeah. because mm-hmm. Dallas is just going to be my sounding board. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes my questions I ask, I ask other guys that, that I, I, I take uh, mentorship from. You know, they're, they're subtle questions. That I don't even know if they realize that they're, how much weight they're weighing, that that question's weighing on my heart and soul. Yeah. yeah. But they don't know. 
but I'm still doing something actively to bounce an idea off of, uh, in my case, another man, yeah. uh, Megan, in your case, another woman. And yeah. then, and then, and then, uh, uh, like, like my wife, I confess a lot to her, you know, a lot, 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 mm-hmm. but she's not my only sounding board either. Oh right. yeah. You know, I need as much community around me to have that. And if you, if you're a listener and you don't have that, the best thing I can say is get it, get it. You know, they're like, well, how, well, you're, you're listening right now to, to two men and one woman. And if you're one of the genders, email us. Yeah. Yeah. Done deal. Like yeah. I, I want to encourage that. If, if, yeah. if you have not done a thing like that, a, con, a, a quote confession or amends. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't made a list, like during a wholeness will say like your inventory, your timeline. If you haven't done those things, do it. Yeah. And then talk to it with somebody. And you know what? There are two people, two men here, one woman here. Mm-hmm. Email us. We will yes. set up a time and we will rip yep. a bandaid off or we'll just listen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, I mean, if only we had something to talk about where getting people in community. Oh, wait, we do. Yeah. This weekend, we're going to be talking about life groups starting again. That's community. That's being in community with people. And it's like, well, but we're just going to talk about finances. I wish I wish I could say I went to financial peace <laughs> class and all we talked about was finances. No, we didn't. No. no, like we talked about like everything, marriages, kids, like you do life with people. It just happens. Yeah, you go, you went in going, I just want to talk about financial peace, but you're going out going like, oh, man, I made some friends because I realized that we are dealing and going through similar things. And so that's the thing is some of you guys may go like, well, no, I don't really have, you know, have time for life groups, but I want community, make time for it because you need community. You need people in your life who are going to help you. Yeah. They'll start March 28th, which is next week for us at the time of this recording. Yes. So, and, and typically we run life groups, um, Almost every quarter, I think there's usually a break for summer. Um, But that's not to say you can't get together with people and like find your community, right? Like whatever, whatever the thing is that you go and do, that's like life for you. You know, you go to the park, you walk your dog, whatever, like get people to come do that with you. And pretty soon you're having these conversations. I met some of my best friends, um, doing a spiritual life coaching group. And I just got plugged in with like these random women and they are, they are my like people that I can these conversations, this is exactly what we have. And man, do, does the atmosphere just like change and the room is lighter and, um, you know, they will be your encouragers and people that walk with you through life, no matter what you're doing. So don't hesitate to get plugged in. And that's why we talk about it so much because it literally changes your life. It will. Yeah. This series, I I know it's going to be sermon wise is going to be, they're going to be remarkable every week. Um, I was talking to Pastor Dallas yesterday. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how easy it's going to be to pull sound clips mm-hmm. uh, from some of this stuff because they're they're going to be very testimonial based, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen here in the next in the next few weeks for this series. But this this series is really like like Pastor said, either either you have fallen, uh, you're you're in the midst of a fall, there or, you go. or you're about to. Yeah. You know? That was it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's it's one of the easiest. Uh, uh, easiest things to, 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 to predict and say out loud because everyone's in it. Yeah. You know, like totally. they, they say like, what are mentalists, uh, are they psychic or are they just no humans? Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that would be a mentalist statement. Like, Oh, you're, you're going through a loss, aren't you? Yeah. Everyone's going through a loss. <laughs> All right. You know, Oh, you have questions, don't you? Everyone has questions. And, yeah. and, and that's another one of those general statements that it, it, it it's, it's true. Cause it's true. You know, either you have gone into this fall, you're you're going through one right now, or you're about to. Yeah. Um, does it have to be as painful and, and wretched as 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 everyone's? No, no, it doesn't have to be that at all. So, the the, the is the best thing for you a fall? Maybe, maybe it is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you have to stay there long. Yep. You know, rock bottom is 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 you hit rock bottom when you don't want to, when you don't want to keep digging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're, I, I hit rock bottom when my, when my, when I couldn't keep the uh, reduction of my morals and values at the same pace in which my actions were doing. Wow. Yeah. You know, if I could, when I couldn't keep that, I realized I was, I was at my bottom. I want to stop digging. And, and then rock bottom ultimately was, was when I found out that God was the rock at the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. And, come on. 
you know, you're, you're going through it, you're about to go through it, or you're, you have gone through it. Yeah. And, and either way, all three of those are, can be very useful to God when, when weaponized correctly. And I, I urge you that if you haven't done something like this, like we've talked about today, there's three people on this podcast that would love to with you. Yeah. And, uh, and I promise you, we were, we're so strong and adamant about it because it works. It, it just, it, it just works. So thanks for joining us for, uh, today for this episode of chew on that. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, and think someone you know may benefit from the topics we discuss. Hey, please share the link to this podcast on your social media platforms. And we'd also love it if you would rate and review this podcast so that more and more people could be exposed uh, ultimately to the life-giving message of Jesus. And that's all we're that's all we're doing here with, yep. with this podcast. It's just pointing people to Jesus. There's one that can save. He can and will, if he is sought, seek him. Yep. My name again is Pastor Keith. Uh, Signing off for Megan and Pastor Dallas. We can't wait to talk with you again next week.